Welcome. Welcome to the Capital Vineyard Podcast. In this season, we're exploring our faith journeys and stories. Everyday Christians with extraordinary tales of hope, faith, and love. Our stories make us who we are. They are a powerful means of encountering and sharing Jesus and His kingdom. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Kia ora tato, church family. Welcome to episode eight of Imago Day. This week we hear from Susan Holt. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation and I hope you do too. Hi Susan, how are you going? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. (laughs) Like I said, it's been an awesome day today. Yeah, fantastic. At the market. How about you? Um, Yeah, I've been home um, editing my audiobook, um, trying to get it out this week. So um, figuring out you know, where all the burps are and, and the planes flying overhead and trying to get rid of all of them. And <laughs> so that's just recorded at home? Yeah. Yeah, I've got oh. a sound booth downstairs. Oh, cool. Mm. Um, and that's for, how many books have you written? Two. Two, yeah, this is the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, what's the title of this one? <laughs> you might as well give it a play. Absolutely. Um, the Heart Casts No Shadow is the second one by and, Susan uh, what's the... The first one is catching the last tram. No. <laughs> tram. Even I know that catching one. Catching the last tram. So many people say train, so. <laughs> Sorry. Um, is that, and so what's the synopsis of the second one, the latest one? The latest one is uh, Ronwin um, wins a competition um, to get to be the, the the, um, to play a strategic game against the king, but she's there as a resistance member um, to try to get rid of him. Uh, she's a spy in the palace. And uh, and then she um, has to f- find information to get rid of him. And then it's really hard to describe because I don't want to give away the, the key secret. No spoilers. Which is a great, a great secret. Um, but um, you'll get that halfway through the book. It's, it's Pretty got cool. me intrigued. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you a copy of the audio, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that sounds awesome. So I guess we'll just um, get straight into it. And um, the first question is, <laughs> Yep. how did you meet the Lord? Who? <laughs> <laughs> day. Day. Ah, oh, good old day. Um, <clears throat> how did I meet him? He just hung around. Um, he's, um, I came from a um, completely non-Christian family. And so um, they're pretty anti, actually, especially now. Don't know why. Um, but hopefully it's not me. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, mum gave me a set of books um, that were children's books, children's stories from the Bible. And, um, and so I read those and devoured them, really. And she sent me along to church to, um, to make sure that I, you know, so that I could make an informed choice not to go to church, basically. Um, but unfortunately, I stuck. And, um, and the knowledge, yeah, I guess it's complicated because I was quite young. And, um, and oh, so yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, I mean, eight, 
seven, eight, and I was going my own way at that point um, against, you know, what my family really believed and ended up um, reading tracts and giving my heart to the Lord in my bedroom and then going to after-school Christian club and giving my heart to the Lord there and then going to a, um, a, a summer school, a summer camp up at El Rancho, giving my heart to the Lord there. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a journey, as it always is, and there's those touch points of the commitment, the making the prayer, the, that thing that's so, that those, those little stitches that stitch you to, to God and Him to you. And then you find that, um, that he's, he's really annoying, that He won't go away, that, you know, you've, you've opened this Pandora's box and it's amazing, but it's also really annoying as well. Um, you know, I got to 25 and um, got into a really bad depression and it would have been really convenient just to go, yeah, nah, um, you know, give that up. Um, but I just couldn't because, because he's, he's, there, he's the answer. He's just real and it's, golly, okay, this isn't communicating very well. But <laughs> no, I totally um, relate. I don't know if you've heard me talk about that idea of like how sometimes I feel like I'm tied to God and um, uh, I use that scripture like the anchor of hope mm. um, from Hebrews and it's talking about the Holy of Holies where you're tied, um, you know, the high priest used to go in and he'd have a rope around him and if if he, he died, died, then they pull him out. him out. Yeah. But it says in there that Jesus is acting like that for us now, going into the Holy of Holies, kind of attached to us, and we're holding on. He's our anchor of hope. Oh, yeah. But I've always imagined it like I'm tied to him and I can't escape because <laughs> sometimes I've really wanted to escape, mm. like which sounds awful, yeah. but like I just have thought to myself, maybe things would be a lot less complicated if I could just get rid of this, but he won't let me go. No. He keeps pursuing me. Yeah. And like, um, even when it's hard for me to keep going, he won't let me go. So maybe that's... Yeah. Some it of sounds very, very familiar. Yeah, that's what happened when I was 25. I, I um, got depressed um, because I was off work for 10 months from, with RSI um, on ACC. And, um, and yeah, uh, my friend... <clears throat> who was a counsellor, looked at me and said, all the light's gone out of your eyes, Susan. I think you should go to the doctor and get some antidepressants, which felt like a a, a, a bad thing to do because I didn't know any better. And um, and so, But I, I did. They ended up helping um, to just to get my head above water. And then I got some good counselling from a really lovely Christian woman. And, um, and we went through all this stuff. But I'd basically been suffering from depression off and on since I was four, um, so it was a long time, and so there was a lot to, to deal with. And so staying still for 10 months, um, not being able to do anything, including putting the washing out or cooking or anything because it was so sore, um, just forced everything that had been sitting in my heart and festering for such a long time out. Um, and since then, um, it's just got better and better. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, got, I, was, I was still lonely. Um, so that's what happened when I had the, the four, the age four, that's when dad left and, um, I must've, I must've broken my heart. Um, but you know, you don't, you're not aware of that at the time cause you're four. And, um, and so 
I felt alone, isolated. Um, my mum wasn't handling it really well, um, and so I wasn't bonding with her. My two older brothers were too old to um, to be alongside me, so I, f- I felt like I grew up by myself. Um, and I probably that's where God came in because he kind of needed to be in there to be my dad and and bring me up. So he brought me up, which is probably the explanation as to why I ended up so different from my family. Um, because someone else brought me up. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, perfect sense. Um, and so well, things like there's this one, I think I was somewhere between 13 and 15, and um, we went to the fish and chip shop. We went to the fish and chip shop pretty much every Friday night, and there was this poster on the wall that said, if you love someone, let them go. If they come back, they're yours. If they don't, they never were. And that obviously went into my head and, and churned around in my little brain. And, um, and it must have been a few weeks later or days, I don't even remember, but I was alone at home, so I must have been, must have been 14 or something. Um, and I suddenly realised that I knew what the meaning of life was. That we were here to make a choice, that God was letting us go so that if we came back, we would really be his, so that we, he wasn't forcing us to love him because love is, can't be forced, not real love. And, and so you had to have this choice to not God. And, and that, um, I was walking around the house going, I know the meaning of life. I know the meaning of life. <laughs> Just around in, 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 yeah, like a crazy lady. Um, but yeah, I have, I don't, I don't know if I've ever been able to adequately communicate to anybody else how, how profound that was for me and, and how it, it sort of shaped the rest of my, my life and, and where I come from because, yeah, that, that's, that's my foundational, <laughs> that thing on the fish and chip shop floor is my foundational description. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it sounds pretty profound though. Yeah, it was, wow. And and um, and so there was there was always lots going on in my in my little brain, um, and God related to me in so many different ways through writing and and thinking, um, yeah. And I remember this this little image of me in my head at night because I, I it took me ages to go to sleep because I used to you know read after bed and with a torch and you know or whatever it is, and. Um, and so I remember relating to God and having my head on the other side of the curtain looking out over the view that we had and just saying hi to God and him saying hi to me and, and just being, being his and knowing that he was and, and that he was big. And, and you know, that's always been a, another little um, foundation, foundational thing that, that I did know God. And, you know, occasionally I've gone, I don't know God. God doesn't know me. What's this personal relationship thing? Um, which is inconvenient. Um, <clears throat> but I did have one. And so I can't deny that. Um, but sometimes I wonder about this personal relationship thing that we're supposed to have with God and how, how that really looks like. Because you can't give, he can't give you a hug. He can't be there. He can't be there like a person can. And so that's hard. 
that doesn't alleviate any loneliness, which is what my main struggle was when I was growing up. Um, um, he, he can't do that. So I, I also, the other end of that, I suppose it's an interesting thought, um, when I was, I don't know, I was living in Australia and I think it was like 2004, something like that. And, um, and I was living in a, in a house and I was having my quiet time and I was wandering back and forth and, and saying, hey God, there's this scripture that says, you know, um, I can't remember what it is now, but something about God being your husband, you know, uh, you know, uh, the Lord is your husband, the Lord Almighty is his name. And I said, how does that work? Because I'm lonely, I've never had, I haven't had a date for, for over a decade. Um, I'm lonely, I want to be married, I want to um, have a relationship with, you know, somebody. And, um, and how does this work with you? This, this doesn't seem to work for me. And so, and, but I felt him come back to me saying, okay, let's get a ring. And, and I was, okay, well, that didn't sound like me. So maybe it was him. So I started doing some research on um, rings and how much they cost. And, you know, I didn't want to get a, an aluminium ring for God. You know, that didn't really work for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I looked at the proper rings, you know, like an eternity ring sounds appropriate, don't you think? And, um, <laughs> and, and I like their $10,000. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't, I can't buy that. I, I don't have the money for it. I'm a, you know, and, um, and so I thought, oh, well, you're supposed to buy the ring anyway. So how about you get the ring? And, um, <clears throat> and so I'd, before that, I'd, um, I'd researched and I had a picture and there was this beautiful picture of this, this ring and I shared it with the, the ladies that I had a prayer breakfast with um, once a week. Um, you know, we got together at six o'clock in the morning and prayed. And so I showed it, shared this and they prayed about it and we, you know, and you know, I lofted it and left it with them. And those were the only people that I told. And it ended up that one of them called me up said, that ring, that looked exactly like the one that I have that God's been talking to me for two years to give to somebody. So um, here, here's a ring. There's a couple of thousand dollars worth of ring. Wow. Wow. And um, here it is. Um, and um, it freaked Robert out because he's like, oh, this, this lady's, you know, got, a, got, a, got an engagement ring from God. <laughs> i gotta, I got to look after this one. <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was something tangible that, um, obviously I still wear and, and, uh, and then, then Robert came along and, and, uh, and so what I have is this ring on, I wear it on my right hand because people are listening to this and they can't see it. Um, so it's, it's in the middle finger of my right hand. It's got some, a cognac diamond and two diamond, diamondy diamonds. And, um, and on the other hand is, um, the engagement ring that, that Robert gave me and the wedding ring. And I say that this promise is fulfilled. This is um, the promise from Robert is fulfilled because he's married me and he's really married me and I'm amazingly happy now. And this one, it still isn't. So this is still coming. This is the promise ring. And I'm looking forward to that because it's going to be even better than Robert, <laughs> which is hard to understand. But yeah. Well, that's so cool. What <laughs> yeah. a story. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Yeah. Cool. I, I kind of want to go back to when you were saying, um, and it's a long way back now, but you were saying that your mum sent you to church to basically to try and get you not to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there any more detail you can provide <laughs> on that? Because that fascinates me. Not, I mean, it might not have been that. She was saying that um, so you could make an informed choice, but you really felt like it was... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess 
Yeah, it's probably that's that's probably my my assumption and my judgment. So you know, mm. um, we'll see. Um, but um, but yeah, so she she said she threw all of us at church, um, just you know, so that we all had a chance to to know what Christianity claimed, and I was the only one that stuck. Um, so yeah, that's that's her description of of that process. Um, perhaps she, I mean, she went to a church as she was growing up, but she didn't have believing parents either. Um, but it was the, for, for the social thing. She went along for the, the, the youth group. So she even got confirmed and stuff like that in an Anglican church. But it doesn't sound like she really believed or really yeah. knew what, what the claims of Christianity were. So I suppose maybe it was because that was part of her growing up and that was what she thought a normal growing up should entail. And maybe that was another way of... Um, of her opening the doors to my social life, you know, maybe that's how, maybe that's how, um, you know, how she thought that would help me, and that's good. It did in a way. Yeah. Wow. Because, I mean, if she hadn't made that decision, like, who knows what would have happened? I'd like, be dead, and, probably. Yeah. Profound. Yeah. Um, you've touched a little bit on like how you've had like this really constant, well there's been a bedrock of a personal relationship and, you know, obviously you've had your struggles with what that means. But you were saying that you relate to God through, like, reading and thinking. I was wondering if you could talk a bit more about that. Reading and thinking. I love um, studying the Bible and, and, and learning about that. Um, and that, you know, when, when all the beautiful patterns in the Bible and things like that, um, you know, and people talk about the tabernacle and, and the similes here and, and all that kind of stuff, that, that, um, that's pretty exciting. And um, God's, you know, sneaky little messages and everything. He's very, very sneaky. Um, but lots, well, <laughs> yeah, it's mostly thinking. Um, I mean, no, let me see. Okay, here we go. Um, I went to university and that's probably the worst place to try and keep a faith um, because there's, there's, there's lots of um, faith underminers there. Um, but I made it, which is amazing. So that's where I needed to make sure that the knowledge I had was based on reality. And, and so I went and read books like um, Evidence That Demands a Verdict you know, um, books one and two and um, More Than a Carpenter and other apologetic books. And, um, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Now I can, um, I know that my faith is based on, on real knowledge and logic and, and reason um, as, in as much as faith can be based on logic and reason. Um, and so there was that struggle. <clears throat> and my grandmother was a great person for, um, for challenging my faith because she was pretty intelligent. Um, and, and she would just say, oh, that's just silly, dear. Um, you know, um, oh, when, when I was 12, I came out to my, my um, family and say, okay, um, I'm, I've decided to become a Christian. And, um, <clears throat> and, and that's, that mostly the response is, that's nice, dear. You know, um, which is, you know, She'll get over it. It's a phase she's passing through, you know. Um, and so I think oh, it must can't have been too far long after that. My grandmother sits me down um, with her, and she says, "So, 
do you think me and, and your mother and your grandfather and, and your brothers are all going to hell? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually said that. And, uh, and now I'm thinking, wow, that's actually quite a big decision point. I could have possibly backed down and just caved, but I didn't because that's what I believed at the time and probably still do. Um, but it's more nuanced now and there's a lot more understanding behind that. But I just, yeah, I was brave enough to, to face up to her and, and do that. And, and now I look back at that little girl and go, go girl. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. but, and so, you know, those challenges were coming all the time from family as you were growing up, um, just kind of like, what are you doing? That, and, that, and that's, um, I really relate to um, your university kind of um, tale and stuff like that. But I guess I, I also like, you know, without that, I wouldn't have the sort of faith that I have now. Like yeah. it's really like people um, run away from that rather than I think we yeah. should <clears throat> engage. And like it's, it's kind of one of those scary things. Because obviously people look at that and they go, oh, well, so many people fall away from faith at those times. And they do, like, yeah. But maybe they didn't have that good of faith to begin with, which is what happened to my, my very good friend in Australia. Uh, so I went through acting school with her and, um, and she, um, you know, and then we lost touch and then we regained touch and she was, ended up being a really good friend and really getting me through. And so, and we, you know, she had a faith. But I watched over the years as she, you know, decided to go and do hot yoga and, and decided to um, just everything, all the little steps that she was making was getting further away from God. And, you know, hot yoga, not necessarily just the big marker, you know what I mean? Um, but it was just another, um, another sign, another symptom. And then um, and when a couple of years ago I decided... Uh, we were emailing because <clears throat> she was still still she was still living in in Australia, and and I said oh, I want to I want to see for me in my heart I was I was wanted to see if if I could bring the arguments that I had learned from university and other reading and and the things that had been going on in my mind and convey them to somebody who was going through because she'd been going through university and and learning and she'd been that had been taking her further away from God I was like oh no um, this doesn't have to do that. And so I wanted to try and stop that as well as, um, you know, see whether I could, um, you know, argue myself into, you know, one way or the other. So we started talking about euthanasia. <laughs> um, and, and just, I ended up, we ended up backpedaling. And that just sounds, that sounds really bad, but I ended up backpedaling like, because she didn't understand valid argument and relative truth. I kept having to go back. Oh, no, no, that's, it's not, you know, you, uh, everybody can't be right. It's not possible. And, and, and keep going, no, because, you know, and, and trying to get back to the basics of argument and it just wasn't working. I would spend like a 24 hours, on, I know this isn't making sense, but I would spend 24 hours putting together an email to her. Okay, so this says that and, and no, um, it's not true because you have to go back to truth isn't relative. 
Um, and and then I, and then she would get back to me within two hours and just completely floor me with nothing. Yeah, she 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 would just sidestep and and I realised that you know it wasn't me. That was a good realization because that meant that I couldn't save her if if she didn't want to be saved, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I think I, I know what you're saying. Like, um, one, you can't, like, I, I was kind of talking about this on Sunday. Like, we spend a lot of time, like, with apologetics and reasonable arguments and logic and stuff like that. But there's a whole nother. Sometimes I wish I could just communicate like what you were talking about earlier, mm, mm. like those fundamental things about a relationship and how I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for the Lord, but I instead we talk about this, you know, this issue, mm. euthanasia, sex, whatever it might yeah, be, yeah. instead of actually, this is a huge distraction. Yeah. Like, I'd rather you met Jesus and he walked you through yeah. those things and you reached your own conclusions. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk about this over here. Yeah. Which yeah. is what it's really about. Yeah. Like this amazing... Yeah, this person. This person and this thing that is absolutely fundamental to who I am and who I've become and like that's what I want to talk to you about. Yeah. But the amount of times I've never talked about that I know. and I've talked about this. Yeah. And it's like, this is a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, sometimes yeah. they can be a doorway and all that. I'm not, you know, it's not zero sum, mm, but mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, when um, we were, Robert and I were in, on our way to England and we were in um, Auckland Airport and this, and we were just waiting in the Coru Club or whatever it is and um, to go, and, and this guy reached over from the other, other, other side of the aisle and said, uh, look at this. And he gave us uh, his phone with a video on it um, in English uh, um, um, with a, a video very like the Christian um, thing, but it was Islam. So he was Islamic and he was trying to convert us. He'd just been in New Zealand, um, you know, for a course or something, IT. And, and he, was, um, he didn't have very good English. And so he, he, he gave us the video to explain his... his um, it was a yeah, very much a, a girl in an airport says the sinner's prayer or you know um, whatever the equivalent is in in Islam and cries and very much like you know the Christian things. It was kind of scary in that respect. And so Robert and I were scrambling for our phones, going, "Oh, okay, how do we do this? How do we communicate this?" Robert looks up John fourteen or fifteen and and starts to talk about um, you know God being a, a person, um, and and. You know, and we tried to, you know, show other videos of our, our visions, but they look very similar. So I, I was I was wondering what the heck. And and so in the end, we were, you know, oh, we've got to go now. And so I said to him, hey, you ask Isa. You ask Isa. So that's what the Islams, Islamists call Jesus. You ask him. He'll tell you. And so I figure if they, if they're honest, if they really want to know, because lots of people don't really want to know, um, then they'll ask him, he'll tell them. And, and I yeah. knew that um, lots of Muslims come to Jesus through dreams and visions. And, and I thought, well, let's just see if he, you know, give him, here's, here's the door. 
if you want to go through it, there it is. And, and so, yeah, I got it right once. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I mean. Like, mm. um, people think they need to do a lot of, um, um, yeah, preparation argument-wise and all that stuff, and maybe sometimes that's true, but I've, I really want to cut to the chase, which is exactly what you did there. That's, like, awesome. Mm. Mm. Yeah, good me. Or him. One of those. So, um, is it, are there any other ways that you really um, experience the Lord? Like, um, you, you've talked about quiet times, you've talked about thinking, you've talked about um, not really read uh, writing yet, but like, uh, <laughs> is there anything we've missed there? Well, yeah. Um I do journal and I have for a long time and I, I can sort things, my own, my thoughts out through my writing. And um, I often get pictures and things during church, during this music or during the speaking, um, like pictures for stories particularly. Um, it can be an inspiration and, and James might be a little disappointed that I'm not actually writing notes to what he's saying. I'm, I'm actually writing <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, no, he's um, I am often, and um, or, or and I work with pictures. Um, so um, I had this, yeah, yeah. Sometimes during my quiet time, when God really shows up, um, I can have these uh, visions that are like imaginations. So they're not like open visions, like they're not, but they're pretty amazing. Um, and uh, and music. Music is good. That's one of the th two things that got me through that depression as well as God is music because um, it's magic. There's, it's magic. And, um, and creation is, hello. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, going for, you know, walks on the beach and, and I feel God's love through his creation because it's beautiful. I reckon it didn't have to be beautiful. Um, so. And one, okay, experiencing God. You're talking about experiencing God. The one, I didn't really physically experience God until I was at acting school. And they brought a couple of prophets in for three days. And the prophets prophesied over us for three days. So they'd bring people up individually and, um, and they'd prophesy over you. And yeah, watching God work in that way I started feeling like there was this electric suit on. I was wearing the electric suit. And, you know, um, that, was, that was quite extraordinary. I didn't really expect that. But, yeah, the pro they were really quite good prophets because, you know, um, they got quite a lot of things quite right. And um, personality right. You know, so they were just... Yeah, just not not um, not your run of the mill. Yeah, no, they they would just describe the person that that they ca had come <laughs> up to them from the inside, and yeah. they had never met them before. And so, I know them because we've been in this school for you know nine months together, and yeah, wow, far out. Anyway, that's cool. <laughs> um, what else? <laughs> I uh, um, I guess like yeah, the last thing is. What makes you tick in terms of being a Christian? Like, what makes you really passionate? Like, what uh, dr um, really drives you in terms of the kingdom? Yeah. 
Do you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. It must be something to do with writing. <laughs> yes, well, that's my thing. I believe in story. I, I, um, I struggle with that because um, I've always wanted to be an actor um, and, and that's, and I, I, um, and I, I realise now that that was because I loved story and story always affected me. Story was how, how I grew and developed and um, it took a long time for me to justify that in the church because sometimes in the church it was, um, oh no, um, actors are sluts. You know, or they, they, they're not, um, they're immoral. The actors just seemed like, um, like they, you know, you had to this, have this big moral um, argument to, to be an, a, an actor and that doesn't make any sense now that I look at it because um, everybody has to make moral decisions with, with acting, with acting parts. Um, you know, no, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a choice that everybody has to make. And so why it's different for a, a Christian, I don't know. But... Um, but yeah, story. And so I eventually got into writing uh, over in Australia, um, joining a writers group because my friends were going and then I realised that I could write and started writing. And then, yeah, I believe in story because I think it's affected me so much during my life. Um, watching things like Schindler's List and The Matrix and... Um, and the power of one, um, and those stories—you um, know, the right, the written, and the and the and the visual—and I want to make that kind of impact as well. And hopefully, I will eventually. <laughs> um, I really relate to that. I think um, one of our problems in modern times is that we've lost track of the big stories. Like, and that doesn't, I don't mean fiction necessarily, but like how we're, we are part of this huge narrative. Yeah. Like, and the, 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 the story of the beginning and the end and the, that we're all part of this thing that yeah. God's put together and like it's a real modern disease is to like expel all those stories, all those things yeah. that have been foundational to humanity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, gives us so much context and then just on another level like you know like yeah art is powerful mm. music yeah. writing and why i'm a firm believer in all of those things and that they should you know um i kind of believe that when you're functioning in your gift like faith becomes more easy mm. you know like it, yeah. it's kind of like the engine for your faith in the kingdom and you know, like people are not if they're not functioning in the, in their thing, then they're kind of floundering around, and that's when they're going to yeah. drift away. Yeah, yeah, you be you got to be useful. That you know, God put us put us down here to be working, to make the garden, and the garden is, you know, for me, it's writing and story and acting. Yeah, and for you, it's teaching and the other things, your music. Yeah, and um, and so. So that's our that's our garden, and um, and that gives us that that structure and and yes that beautiful narrative that we belong to. I mean, I don't know how people function now. Now I know the beginning and the end, and and that God's in control. And he, you know, I, I I don't know how many times I've said this. God sees time like a piece of string. You know, he can see it like this, 
whereas we're in it, we can't see it. Um, and, and no wonder he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and how can we say that, yeah, yeah, I know, he, he knows, so let's listen to him. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, Where else would we go? I forgot he has what the I was, words of eternal life. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say about um, story, but never mind. It can't okay. be that important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing that 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 was that's that's something that makes me passionate is the enabling of creatives in the church. There needs to be uh, more of that. I find this is a more comfortable environment um, for me as a creative than any other church that I've ever been to. Uh, um, there's there's Christian City Church, um, which is where I went to, and they had a, um, a creative arts school. And no, that was pretty good too, um, that you could do drama and, and singing and all that kind of stuff. But for some reason in the church, singing is valid and acting is not so much. Um, and <laughs> I mean, like I, the, the contrast, the immense contrast is I was in this church before I, I went to say where it was. They were good. Um, but this, I went to the pastor, you know, before I went over to do my acting course and I said, you know, can you pray for me and, and, you know, support me in this and all that kind of stuff. And I said, oh, you want to be a movie star? <laughs> really? <laughs> so, you know, bless him. That's what I was going to say. Amago <laughs> day, like, um, we're image bearers, right? And like God creates and therefore we create. Yeah. Like, and we like. Um. Yeah, it can, and that can take many, many forms. Mm. I think one of the problems with the church. Well, I don't know if it's a problem. <laughs> we we could get way deep here, but like, okay. um, there's certain gift areas that the church caters really well to, and if you're mm. lucky enough to fit into that, um, those niches, like being able to talk from the front, being able to play instruments, mm. whatever it might be. There's space for those people, but there's not necessarily lots of space for all the other types of creativity that are out there, and I have no answers. Yeah. But, like, it's just an observation, I guess, that, um, yeah, we need more space for all yeah. all sorts of um, creative activities and yeah. um, letting people flourish in their calling sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. The best, the best creative people used to be in the church. It used to be welcome there, but um, I don't know, two or three hundred years ago, um, the church decided that maybe it was the, the Puritans or something. They decided that enjoying yourself or, or creativity or, or that kind of stuff was um, the same thing as sin. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, that's, so they, you know, stuffed a lot of things. That's a strange one because it was actually a, um, a reaction to modernism. Like people thought that, they had to be coldly rational and all that sort of stuff to keep up with where, you know, like um, human thought was going. Mm. And we ended up expel, like getting rid of a lots, lots of the good things about Christendom at that time, all, all around the time of the Reformation, actually. Oh, right. You know, so like um, Reformation is really was a reaction to modernism. Mm. Um, and it's a real tragedy because there's some really beautiful things about like the Catholic Church and the way the church was before yeah. um, before that change. And of course, there's the Orthodox as well, which is offer. You know, yeah, that, and, that was the first split away, wasn't it? Yeah, and they're even more um, creative. Mm. Like, but they got people criticize them 
well, other Christians criticized them because they thought they got into idolatry because they valued paintings of Jesus and stuff so much. Mm. You know, so yeah, because there is that danger, of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. the things we make with our hands mustn't become our gods. Yeah. And and so that is that balance. But going that way, you know, to scare you in, in fear of this is not a good way to be either. Yeah, so just balance needs to be restored there. We are a bit, um, I, I guess, the modern um, evangelical institutions quite limited in what it, what it allows space for to mm. explore. Yeah, yeah, no, I look, for, look forward to, to, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, books is, yeah, good story. So I, I try and, um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I look at um, C.S. Lewis and go, oh, wow, he did this Narnia thing and I'd love to do something like that. Um, I cringe at some of the, the Christian novels that um, are, you know, blatantly... <sighs> Too heavily allegorical. Yeah, or just, you know, it's just a bit simplistic. It's And so I guess I'm starting from the, I want to tell a really good story and trust that I will come through in that. And I, as in what I believe in and who I am, can't help but come through. And and I'm not saying anything about God or, you know, but, I, I, you know, I can only hope. Showing what it really means to be human. Mm. That is like, and human being human is so complex and so rich and deep mm. that I think that, like, it's when you watch something and it might not be the happiest, um, I don't know, melodramatic thing, but it it speaks about being a human and that, and there's truth in that, mm. you know, and yeah. that's what art can do, like, and mm. that can lead you to, lead you to God because we are made in the image of God. Yeah. Like, yeah. and so, like, yeah, I totally relate to that. Yeah. Sometimes there's a bit of cringe there and a lack of richness and, <laughs> yeah. like, um... Yeah, but they're doing, I mean, they're doing something. Yeah. So we can't, you know, we, we just, you know, start I, there I'm and we'll go there. I'm not just saying C.S. Lewis. I've oh, read all those no. books. No, no, I... <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's pretty good. And yeah. even Tolkien and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I like him. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? Mm, it's gone. Well, I I've... take notes. Um, that, <laughs> I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation cool. and um, I hope you have a really good week yeah and um, yeah thanks for coming along cool and you thank you thanks everybody enjoy bye bye